a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! Uh, we're back once again. Going to go through a quick recap of last weekend's racing. So we'll start at Randwick, looking at race one. Didn't really have it marked down to much. Um, not, nothing really to follow or note out of it. And then in race two, uh, I think I think this was the so I think the first race was the midway, and the, and the second race was the Tap Highway. And the winner, Derry Grove, I I definitely didn't bet on it. I don't think I, I can't even remember who I had who I had a bet on in the race. It definitely wasn't Derry Grove, but geez, it was a it was a really good win from where he was. And a lot of the tipsters and like professional people who I follow on Twitter and so have noted like this horse is a Kosciuszko bound horse. Like he, his win was really good and he's perfectly suited for the Kosciuszko. So I didn't have too much about him. I didn't really know too much about him, but they were pretty pretty impressed with it. And to the eye was a good win, but I didn't really get to note the sectionals or anything. So can't really take too much out of that, but... People have been saying that Jerry Grove is a good win and we'll be heading to the Kosciuszko. So watch out for him there. Race three and race four didn't really have down to much, didn't have much to take out of it. And then in race five was my horse to follow of the day. Bonus Notches is absolutely back. He's been competing with a Giga Kick first start. Like in his first prep, he was he knew he knocked off Giga Kick down the straight at Flemington. And if five fifty is a great price, yeah, I couldn't. But like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't back him. I was on Argentia each way. Who I did that was one of our tips that got up for the day. We had Argentia each way, but yeah, I definitely was. Like he, he hadn't really been winning that much. He'd always been running into placings and never looked like he'd really get into a race. And I wasn't that keen on him first up over that thing over that trip. But yeah, he had best last six hundred meter splits of the entire meeting in thirty three sixty three, which is that's pretty good time, I think. I wish I win first up last prep in the Black Caviar Lightning. Her his final last six hundred meters was like thirty two seventy or eighty or something like that. So it's not too far off. Like I wish I win is our best rated horse in the world at the moment. So like the times are getting backed up and everything. They really want to get him an Everest slot. The way he's been going and like that win first up. If he's only like just if he's just got natural way of learning and that if he just goes on from there, he definitely should be. Earning an Everest slot because yeah he was he knew he knocked off Giga Kick in his first up prep like I just mentioned before so like he's always oh, he's got really good Everest form around him and the time has backed it up so I definitely wouldn't be I definitely be following Bonus Notches this um this prep and see where he goes um, Argentia who's my tip in the race each way it just I don't, I'm not too sure if it ever got the right run like it did but then like it looked like in the last hundred meters it died back to the rail and was just taken out of its run and never really got a clear clear running room. But we still got it each way, paid $2.15 or so a place. So can't take anything away from that, but still a win. And then one of the other horses in it was Skylab. It had the the race's fastest final 200-meter splits in 11.54. And Skylab's not even like – this is first up over 1,200 meters. Like she like she or he is a – I think they were running in like the ATC Derby in Oaks, like like – Two preps ago, so it's a staying, it's a staying horse, and to be able to do that over twelve hundred meters first up with that time is ridiculous. So Skylab is definitely one to watch out for. Even I don't know about next start, they probably misses forward at twelve hundred, so maybe they'll tick her up to sixteen hundred, eighteen hundred, and then I, I don't know what race they're going to target her at. But anything, anything over sixteen hundred meters next up, second up is definitely a bet for me. Uh, so that's about it for that race. And then in race six, we tipped Hosier and we got that one. It was a pretty yeah. good win, given everything. And the, the key to like it's an it's an ex Rob Hickmon horse, so it's a former European who's come over here and it was in its first pepper over here. It won 
it had like six or seven stars for six wins in like a second or something like that. It was it was really it was really getting around for a fair bit. It had some pretty good wins under its belt, but kind of dropped off for a bit. And then he sold it um, to this. I think it's a new. I think it's a it's a South Australian trainer, uh, Medivari. I can't remember his actual name, but he he's taken on this horse and got it for a steal. Like for the it was a European bred horse, and he's got it for pretty cheap. And it's been running in really good form its last couple of runs. I think it nearly knocked off one of our horses we tipped the other week. So, the, yeah, the thing with Hosier, like it's a European horse and it kind of been needing soft ground. Like it's it's soft ground stats are through the roof. Like it, it definitely needs a wet track. And I didn't even think on the day, I thought it was only going to, I didn't really pay too much attention to the weather, but it was a good fall when I was looking. And then by race day, it was a heavy eight. But then by the time the race actually started, it ended up being like a soft six or something. So the soft ground definitely. It definitely helped it and definitely made it win its race. But yeah, it's definitely come back in good form now. So definitely still want to have a bet on in these in these races, especially if, if you're going to get a soft anything anything above a soft six. Definitely have a bet on Hosier. In race seven, we tip Zoo Gotcha. It was probably our worst result for the day. Um, just it got into like two dollars seventy or something. And never, never, it just got too far back, and it was over eleven hundred meters or twelve hundred meters first up. And just I thought it was going to be perfect. Like it had better wet track stats than dried. I think it's actually unbeaten on the wet, uh, on the heavy. So that's what I mean. Just never got into it. This, the drying track probably didn't help as much as it should first up over eleven hundred. But it was still, it still made up a bit of ground. But yeah, it just got too far back and wasn't any wasn't anywhere near as dynamic as it should have been. Uh, Queen of the Ball was a good run. Uh, who it trialed its previous trial before the race it was Eyeball and Nature Strip and that one. And just I, I don't think it actually beat Nature Strip in the trial, but it was like oh, I know I with him. It would have been much in it, but. It was definitely a good trial form, but all ones with the winner Perusial, um, J Mac, not J Mac, James Cummings. Um, it, it, it had won first up last prep and it won a couple in succession and then it just got knocked off in its last start, last prep. And a couple of people made it their best bit of the day, but I, I thought it was a bit shorter. I couldn't really get around it. Um, I was more keen on Zugotcha on the wet track anyway, but yeah, just didn't unfold that way. So all honors with Brazil for the winner. And then in race eight was the first group one of the season. Fangirl absolutely deserved that win. Poor thing, I've been running into Animo every every race last prep and just never, ever got a fair crack at him. Never drew a gate, never got the right run. And this is what happens when there's no Animo, when she gets a right run and she gets the right jockey on. And that was a great win. There were some really other good horses in the race to come out of it. The one that nearly beat it, Princess Grace, it's a bit of a, I'd never even really heard of a horse before and then just come out of nowhere for Waller and nearly beat, nearly beat this field first up over 400 metres. So he's definitely the one to, she's definitely one to watch out for. Zaki looked to come back a treat as well. I hate to say it, but yeah, he, he does look like he's going to be running very well. Same with Osipenko and Montefalia. Both good runs from where they were and Montefalia had the fastest last 600 metres of that race. So it was, it was in 33.86. So it's just a little bit shy of Buenos Noches. But it's still a pretty good time for that kind of race, fourteen hundred meters first up. So there's still a couple to take out of that race, but definitely stick with Fangirl because she's going to be winning a few more. And then in race nine, Estrella was so stiff, like Ugh. Jamie Carr just couldn't get it over the line. Bit stiff. I, I, I think I had a fair go at that too, and just got bipped on the line. So a bit unfortunate for us backers, but we still we're still alive. I did tip the Autumn Ballet that won it, who, who had his invincible form from its earlier prep. Um, it, it'd been running in the black. I think it actually won the black oval, and Tiz Invincible was favourite for that. But Autumn Ballet knocked it off then, and it won this race again. And, and this all this all form just ties back in with Tiz Invincible and Estrella and all these other 
just turned three rolls now. So it's still pretty good form to follow. But yeah, I was pretty flat on Estrella losing that one. But all in all, with the winner, Autumn Ballet, he's definitely still one to watch out for. And then race 10, Tim Tookie knocked me out of the quaddy once again. I can never find that horse. I think it's it's been – I've had a bet on it a couple of times. And like every, every run this prep, I think it's like sixth, fifth, fourth, fifth, and just never, ever got into it. And I've bet, been back on it a couple of times. And I was pretty keen on the one Pacific Ruby that J-Mac was on and Time to Boogie, but they just both did nothing really. Time to Boogie looked like he had it, but just – Weird race. Yeah, very weird. And that – Yep, so that's another quality we lost out lastly. It wasn't going to pay. It was going to pay all right, up, but yeah, definitely got knocked out in the last leg there. So take it, take that with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, that's about it for my Ramic recap. We'll have a quick look now over our Caulfield one. And in race one, first mate Blake Shin just shows that he's the best jockey in Victoria at the moment. He can ride anything. That all like it was pretty it had pretty good stats in everything, but like wasn't really a big race or anything and didn't really know if it deserved to win. But I, geez, Shin just got it like jumped straight away, got in the good spot, wasn't too far back. It was only like one off on the tail, one off from the leader, sorry, like by the turn. And when they turned around the corner, he just went whooshka and went straight by everyone. So full full honours with the training and definitely Blake Shin for that win. Race two, B.O. Bay tipped that one. That was a pretty good win, just held it on the line. Uh, been running in some pretty good form. Like it's the last three runs that have run second and just never, ever got the right run in a race. And this – this is what happens when it can get the right run. It just got to the front, kept and kicked, and nothing else could get near it. Life lessons, who's the, who was the favourite in the race, just got too far back and didn't mind the ride. Like it's just, but Caulfield and the rail was at nine. It's really hard to make ground on that kind of track, and it, yeah, it just had too much to do. But the ground that it, the ground that it did manage to make up was good. So Jeffrey wouldn't be sacking it. Just needs a better ride and a better race to be able to get into it. But so. All honours with BR Bay. And then in race three, Blake Sheen did it again, Varvia. He had no right to win from barrier 15 or something. Like gate, like barrier 15, 1,200-meter race, Caulfield with the rail at nine, you need to be able to draw within like one to seven or one to eight with a chance. And Blake Sheen from barrier 15 won that horse, that race. It was an unbelievable ride. And Blake Sheen is just doing Blake Sheen things. He, that bloke, like he, he literally, he, he should be, He's short in the markets. Like if 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 you don't know what horse to back in a race, just literally look what Blake Shin is riding and bet on it because he's that big on him. Oh mate, he, he's the best jockey in Victoria at the moment. He is just unbelievable. Like the way these horses shouldn't be winning. Vive, any other jockey wouldn't have like Vivea wouldn't have won. First mate, not too sure, but like yeah, that win was solely down to Blake Shin. He deserves that win in race four. Wave rider boy, my flop of the day. Too far back. Even then, have Blake. This is again Blake Shin in the saddle. Couldn't like if Blake Shin couldn't do it. I don't know what's going on with this horse. It's just every other race it's been in. It's been drawing fifteen to fifteen, seventeen to seventeen. Been drawing shit, getting too far back. And even J Max his last couple of runs come second on. It could never get it to the line. Um, and it drew gate seven in this. I'm like, yep, this is its day. Gate seven, Blake Shin. Yeah, like everything is just tick 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 tick. Looked like it was going to trounce him and then just come around the corner and just found nothing. Like it, it found a bit, like it, it made it to the line and everything on the right. It was behind Vivienne or something who, who won his last two. But like, I can't believe Wave Rider Boy lost that. He had everything was right in his books. He had every he had every reason to win that race and he didn't. So not really too sure what to take out of that. Don't know if Wave Rider Boy is going to be taking any more of my money anytime soon. In race five, Amenable was back, and we ha- we had that one for a tip, and that was a pretty good win actually. I, I, before the race, I was talking to Corker actually, like we were messing in the group, and I, he he bet on it, and I was like, oh, geez, I don't know if we should 
should have bet on that now. Actually, it's going to get too far back. And he was like, oh, well, fuck, you shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> it's a bit late if you tell me that. Like, yeah, sorry, mate. That's my bad. But I, I still bet on it anyway. I was like, oh, well, I've tipped it. I've got to have a bet on it. And it still did exactly that. It got too far back, but it just come right down the outside and brained them like, I can't like the, the the pattern and everything for that day so far. Like you couldn't really make as much grand as what you wanted to, and I thought it was just going to get too far back. But he did get too far back, and he still won the race. Like it was really good, really good late. And it was a really good win. And that was first up, so he he should only be getting better of his prep as well. Race six was my best bet of the day. William Thomas each way at a ridiculous price. Um, pretty stiff. Oh, I wouldn't. I don't know if people would call it stiff, but yeah, kind of justified the price. I was kind of hoping for a more even track where you, you couldn't you couldn't make a lot of ground it just wasn't that wasn't that type of day but at 31 dollars a win and seven dollars a place i was definitely worth a bet in my book like the ride was actually pretty good like when they come around the corner he's normally a get back come to the outside and run straight down the outside corner horse but he didn't like the the run appeared on the rail for him and the jockey was like yep we'll take it and it, it was like for the right then and like that was definitely the right decision to make um but yeah it just wasn't up to that grade it, it'd been running like all its last section was its last couple of races been really quick and they've been doing it with like 60 odd kilos or something and it was back down to 54 kilos in this race i'm like if he's doing that if he's doing that with that amount of kilos on he'll be winning this race but yeah it was uh, it was up against like it was his hardest wasn't his hardest race today but it was definitely a lot harder up um opposition it's our time has been running in group races and everything and been winning been winning down the straight previously um so yeah like it was really good form race but just couldn't make it out i, I thought umgawa had it on the line but like and then, like when they went to the photo finish, my guy like, oh, yeah, Umgawa got it. No worries. But when the, the photo came back and Savannah Claire won, I was like, "What? I, could, I couldn't believe it. I thought I thought Umgawa had it all over the line, but it didn't turn out that way." So yeah, so it was still it was still a good race. Like that was one of those races. Like, geez, that was an actual pretty good race. It was a pretty good finish. Nothing really to follow out of that one. Then race seven, my uh, best bet for the day, Charmstone. Charm- was it? Yep. And it got up. It did get up. I was. Oh, oh yeah, I I did tip script the law. I was pretty keen on script the law, but yeah, Charms only hadn't really been doing too much for me the its last couple of runs, so I couldn't I couldn't be near it at that price. And I think if you swap the runs of Charms like Skirt the Law just got held up and held up and finally broke through late and then kind of ran into um Charmstone late and then just couldn't find the line. But Charmstone did have the better run of the race and the run of the race. So it was definitely everything went Charmstone's way and it it won, so you can't really ask too much more of that. So that started the quaddy. Yeah. And I had I had it as my best bet, but then I thought I'll put a quaddy on late. Anyway, the first three races, I won out one out of these next horses. Yeah. So I got Charmstone, and obviously we'll move on to the next race now. Yeah. And then, yeah, so in race, race eight was the cylinder race, and I don't know if many people are not watching that, but if you did, you would have had your hearts in your bloody mouth waiting for that far to finish because I was – with 100 metres ago, I'm like, no, nah, it's gone. Like, it's it's gone here. And away. Yep. Blake Shin, once again, gets the best out of it. But yeah, even the, the other two to take out of it, like Aura Boris and I Am Unstoppable, like that I Am Unstoppable horse that come down the outside, he's definitely one to follow. That was a really good run from where he was. Uh, but yeah, the photo went cylinders way somehow. Like, I think, like, even when the photo came up, I wasn't, I was pretty far away from the TV at the time. I was like, oh, it's a dead heat. Like, um, not really too much to take out of that dead heat. And then, yeah, like somehow like he caught a margin. And like when you do see the real close-up of it, there actually is a very slight margin going cylinders way. So they're lucky they got away with that one. But it was pretty good. Like that was another one. Like those last, the last three races have been really, really tight finished races. So that's what I mean. Like that day of racing was really good. And then in race nine, Mr. Brightside, that was just arrogant. Such a good horse. Oh, mate. Like 1,400 metres first up. 
if it, like he's just only going to get better. Like they're probably aiming at six hundred meters next, and then maybe to two thousand. It probably will go to the Cox Plate. He was in it last year. Deserves to have another go at it this year with no animo. But yeah, like to be able to do that against that field and win by that like that margin. He drew pretty average too. I think he drew like ten or eleven or something. It wasn't that many horses in the race. But yeah, Jesus was an arrogant win first up. So Mr. Brightside has definitely come back bigger and better this prep, in my opinion. And then in the final race, not me out of the quaddy again. Jimmy the Me too. Oh, mate. I, I tipped Jimmy I, when I first doing this part, I made it like my best bit of the day. I'm like, yep, this horse is gonna fire. And every run this prep it has just gone fourth, fifth, fifth, fourth. And I was like, oh mate, nah, I'm done. I couldn't put it in there. I only had Barkley Square and I had Right You Are. Yeah, I had Right You Are each way and Barkley Square. The only, the only two horses I took in the quaddy and they ended up coming second and third. Obviously, but yeah, Jimmy the Bear, I don't know how one like look at its last couple of runs have just been doing donuts. So I don't know why it decided to turn up on on that day when I wasn't on it. So yeah, can't really take too much fan of that. I'll learn my lesson there. Probably won't be leaving Jimmy the Bear out of a quaddy ever again. But right you are was a pretty good was a pretty good second. Just didn't really it just wasn't as quick as Jimmy the Bear. Like literally they pretty much we had identical runs, just found one better. Like, he, he was first up, I'll give him that. Jimmy the Bear was fitter and had more fitness on his side. So you probably could put it down to that. But if right you are has been coming second like that, first up over 1,600 metres, he'll be definitely in for a good prep now. So he's definitely still one to follow. And I think that about cover up our recap of last week. We'll go to another quick break now and then we'll come back with our tips for Rose Hill and the Valley this weekend. All right, let's have a quick look this weekend at this weekend's racing. Uh, we'll start off at Rose Hill as normally and work our way through this card. So race one is the Tab Highway Handicap, which is the Class 2 over 1,400 metres. Didn't really have marked down anything in this race. Bit of a meh race for me. I think Melody, again, has been pipped off by Zaru first up and then it was beat by Overlord third up last set. So I would be... if I. I'd definitely say Melody again should be the horse to win, but definitely not going to tip anything in that race. Nothing really worth a bet. Then in race two, it is the Bankstown Sports Benchmark 78 over 2,000 metres. And Wineglass Bay is back again after 2,000 metres this time, but oh, I don't know if I can go it again after that run from last week. Travelling Kate is also in the race who was in the who beat him last time, but it's 1,800 metres now up to 2,000 Surely J Max learned his lesson, but it's two thirty. It was two fifty and three drifted to two thirty five. So if you're willing to take that short odds, definitely go for it. But I definitely couldn't tip it and couldn't steer you into it. No bet for me in that race. And then in race three is the Mandy's Group Benchmark seventy eight over fifteen hundred meters. And I do have a bet here, and it's a race eight. I mean, sorry, it is race three number eight. Mark Marquess for J Mac and James Cummings. Good combo, um, unbelievable combo. Um, first up win was a Warwick Farm over 1,300 metres and Jesus was a good win. It, it really didn't have any right to I think it was favoured in the start, like when the race actually like started, but he was, it wasn't too wide, but he was pretty far back. And then when they come around the corner, J-Mac really didn't have any other choice, but to like, there was no, there was no room on the rail. So J-Mac had to take him wide and took him wide, looked to be going like one pace. I was like, oh, it's probably no good here. But then like once he finally built the momentum up, he, Power to the line, and and one only one by about half the length or something, but he would have made up 
three or four lengths within the last like 200 metres or something. So definitely a good win. And he's up now from 1,300 metres to 1,500 metres second up. J-Max sticks with and barrier one. $2.80, yep, that looks like a bet for me. And I'll tell you right now, with number two bazooka wins, I'm just giving up hunting. Yep. It's 20, I probably will have to have just like a couple of dollars on it each way, but Jesus Christ, if that gets up today on Saturday after I've been backing on every start, I will do unspeakable things to myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, race four is the midway benchmark 72 of 1,800 metres. Nothing too much here again. It came with the, kind of the same as the first race to the highway. Nothing. I don't really know much about these midway horses and definitely couldn't steer you into anything with much confidence. Moving on to race five is the Cabra Vale Diggers. Benchmark 78 over 1,100 metres. And Smashing Eagle is back, who last start had the best final 600 metres splits of the entire meeting. Beat Gaza Blanco in that race. Who like if I reckon that form is going to be pretty good this spring. And you're getting $3.30 for Smashing Eagle here. 1,100 metres sticks to it. $3.30, Tyler Schiller. Like if, 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 if he produces that time once again in this race, there's nothing really else in this race that's been near that form or that can probably win in that race. 56 and a half kilos, $3.30. That looks a pretty good bet for me. So that was race five, number seven, Smashing Eagle. Moving on to race six is the Campbelltown, Campbelltown Catholic Benchmark 78, over 1,500 meters. Um, didn't really have too much in this. Same thing as before. Wasn't really too sure about it. There's, it, it is a good race. Like number one, Powerful Peg. Number five, Cool Die. And number 10, How Good Are You, are all pretty good horses. So the race itself should be a really good race to watch. But from a betting perspective, I really couldn't tip anything with much confidence. People were pretty impressed with Cool Dye's win, for, like second first up. They reckon it was a pretty good. I didn't really pay too much attention to it and I wasn't too keen on it on the day anyway. But yeah, people were saying that was a, like that was a really good win. So definitely follow it. But I could. it's $2.90 again. They get, it gets Nash in the saddle, but... I definitely couldn't tip you into anything in that race. Moving on to race seven is one of the features for the day. It's, yeah, it's the up-and-coming stakes over 1,300 metres. Uh, and Caballus is back once again for J-Mac and Waller, $3.20. I'm kind of hoping J-Mac's learned his lesson now. Get him wide, get him, in, get him into a better position and don't get boxed in like he did last start. And he should have... He should have won that race. Um, Kintai, who did win the races in this race again, he's out to $18 or something. And Cabalus is $3.20, but that's definitely got a bit to do with the J-Mac-Chris uh, Waller combo. They do have they do have a tendency to put a hold on the markets. But I think, yeah, if Cabalus gets the right run in this race, he definitely should be winning. And I think $3.20 is a – it's probably a bit – not rock bottom, but I wouldn't want to take anything less than $2. $3.20 definitely looks like a good bet in the up-and-coming stakes. Race eight is the feature for the day is the San Domenico stakes over 1,100 metres. And I do it, – it's once again, is a pretty good race. Um, number one, Cornish has been backed from $8 into $5.50 as of right now. The instructor who I was on last start is $4.80 and is a favourite of $4.80. But the other horse who I was also on last start, Cigar Flick, who had the best who had the best final 200 metres or 600 metres of that race. And he's back again with at $12 and $3.50. Stick to 1,100 metres. I think he needed to be up to 1,200 at least. So not too sure he was going to go um, stick into 1,100. But a $12 a win, 350 a place with those sectionals. From gate 10, should definitely he won't be getting boxed in or anything. He should be able to get a pretty good run at him. Uh, I definitely reckon he's a bet each way at $12 and $3.50. Then moving on to race nine, it is the Dooley's 
benchmark 100 over 1400 meters and this race and race 10 are just i've looked at the fields and everything and i've just gone what the hell like i generally have no idea about these races these are if you're taking quaddies or anything you'll be definitely having to go wide in them the favorite for race nine is colino who was an absolute flop last weekend so i definitely could be backing it and if and if colino was the favorite at three dollars fifty I don't know what to make of anything else in that race. It's a really tough race. I probably won't. I'll have to wait until the day to put my quaddies. I, I know we do wait until the day to put my quaddies on anyway, but I definitely couldn't even consider anything in that race at the moment. I mean, same with race 10. It's the Maryland's RSL Club benchmark 88 over 1,200 metres in the favourite Pioneer River for J-Mac and Mara Eustace at $3.80, but he hasn't run in a race in a, in a long time. Um, you've got Ars in the race who's favourite for the um, – South Australian Oaks just recently. And just everything else in the race, How I Am has been running, has been running some good races. Lock Eagle been running some good races. Cuban Royale is a bit of enigma horse. At ter- when he turns up on the day, is bloody hard to beat um, at twenty one dollars. But yeah, geez, I couldn't steer you into anything really in that race. Um, but yeah, so those last two legs of the Quaddy at Rose Hill, I, the Rose Hill Quaddy will definitely be paying a fair bit. Like the the favourites in every the favourite in race one three dollars twenty. The favourite in race two is four dollars eighty. The favourite in, th- in race three is three fifty, and the favourite in the last leg is three eighty. So, like, I don't, I, I can't imagine those four favourites winning. So, I definitely think you're going to get a pretty good price of the Rose Hill Quaddy. So, have a go at it. Put put a couple of roughies in there and pray for the best, and try and get a half decent percentage in there for you punters. So, that's that'll do us for our Rose Hill preview. We'll go to another quick break now, and then we'll come back with our tips for the Valley this weekend. Mooney Valley this weekend, which is highlighted by the Carline Stakes later in the day. So we'll go through this race by race and give you some shit tips along the way. So race one of the Valley is the membership on sale plate over 1,200 metres. And number one, Amur is an absolute bet in the half. Unbeaten in Mooney Valley, unbeaten over the track and the trip, unbeaten first up, Ben Mallum, James Cummings, $4.50. Yes, 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 yes. Great bet. Hopefully that starts us off pretty well. There's some not bad horses in this race, but yeah. I think you, like Mooney Valley is a really niche course to have be unbeaten there and over the track and trip is definitely a good start and unbeat like only had the one win first up for a win so can yeah. only think. Do you like betting at the valley? Not really. Like I, I, I tend like I definitely don't prefer it compared to like a Caulfield or a Flemington, obviously. But like I have more bets here this weekend than I do at Sydney. Like there's just some really good horses going around here. So like yeah, I, like I don't mind the valley. Like it's it's definitely the best. Oh, it's the best track to go watch races because it's just so close and everything. But from a punting perspective, it's definitely one of the tougher tracks to have a bet at, I reckon. Uh, so, yeah, so that was race one, number one, Amur. Have a bet on that. Definitely making that a tip. And then race two is the Labbrokes RC Challenger, benchmark 70 over 1,200 metres. And this is best roughy of the day. Number two, Dothraki at 20 – it's $20 at the moment. I got it at $26. Um, right now, I showed Jack just to back that up. I did, I got it twenty six dollars. Yes, you did when it did, and it's already back in the twenty. But I thought twenty six dollars is ridiculous for this horse. It's been running in like open class races. It was in a benchmark eighty six last start of Morphabil behind Caracasu, and he just missed out. You already flunked the market. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm already I'm already making moves. Lost the distance. The only I think that, like it definitely has the class of him, but the only reason he's. Twenty is twenty dollars now. Um, the only reason he's drawn that is because he's drawn 
gate 14 of 17. And in these races at the Valley, if it, like for these, it's a 1,200-meter race, anything from 1,000 to 14, I don't know the exact distances they do there, but these sprinting races, if you draw bad, it makes it really, really hard to win to win a race in there. But you never know. Strange things happen. It's definitely got the class about him. It has Tate and Bull claiming uh, for three kilos, so it's only got to carry 60 instead of 63. At $26, I definitely reckon that's a bet for the class around him and everything. If the races run so weirdly that he just might get a win, you, you never know. But, yeah, I think $26 is a pretty real price. And even $20 now. It's still a very good price, so you're not going to you're not going to hear this till Friday morning. So it depends what price he is then, but I'd definitely be having a go at number two, Dothraki each way, and then race three is the corporate membership on sale over fifteen hundred meters. And Rob Rob Rick isn't a bet, but I probably should be winning. I just wasn't. Its last win was good, but that was at Flemington. I think it just really appreciated having a lot of galloping room and it. Did build up a lot of steam, but I just I just don't think it's going to get the same run here at the Valley. Like it's a completely different track. Its last two other its last two other starts before that were a bit meh. It turned up on the day and had a good win last start at Flemington, so it's all on as there. But I just don't know if the Valley is going to suit him over fifteen hundred meters. So I definitely could have make. But I if I was going to have a top rate on the race who should be winning, it should be Rob Rick. But I'm not going to make it a tip. I'm not really too sure about him around the Valley yet. So. Watch out for him if he, in case he does win. And then race four is the spring dining on sale, benchmark 78, over 1,600 metres. And number seven, Hennessy Light is a bet. Uh, last start of Flemington was behind Braden Starr, who is who is one of the favourites for one of the feature races here later in the day, like $3 or something. Luke Nolan, Peter Moody, $4.20, should, from, get, from, bait, from gate three, should definitely be within striking range. I think the value, he's had one run of the value before, but I think he pulled up with like, like you pulled up lame or something like that. So it was, it was a forgive run from that occasion. Um, yeah, from gate three, should be within the front half of the field at least. And I think the value is actually going to suit him pretty well. He, he can really ride the speed and like when he's cruising, he can just take it, he can take any run he wants. So I think if Luke Nolan gets him in a good spot, Four dollars twenty looks it looks a really good bet for me. So that's race four, number seven, Hennessy Lad. Race five, which is the Labrokes Yard Comments uh, Benchmark seventy eight over twenty five hundred meters. Didn't really have anything in this. Magnus spins a two dollar ninety favorite, but it's only because its last win last up was at the Valley over the track and was it the track and trip? It was, no, it was over twenty. It was over the Cox Plate start, but I think that was a pretty savagely front pace bias day. So. Don't really know if I want to take that form out of it. Um, Pearl Rain is twenty three dollars. Who won last last prep of the Valley as um, as well, but that wasn't on the really biased day. That was only like two weeks ago. It was a pretty good win. I'll give him that. And a not so good race. And you're getting twenty three dollars about him. So if you want a horse that can get around the Valley and everything, and it was in with a good chance. We remove pin sticks with it at twenty three dollars. That probably wouldn't be a bad bet. But I definitely can't take anything with in that race um, with any confidence. And then race six is the lad lad broke at plate over twelve hundred meters. And once again, Ben Mallum, James Cummings is a bet number three inhibitions at four dollars forty. First up was second was third behind um, Taumina in that race, but it was run by Zach Lloyd, I believe. And just had nowhere to go. Like it looked like it was trucking up to the line, but Fukubana and Town Manor just held it in its corner. It couldn't get out. And then once Zach Lloyd finally managed to get it out, it did steam home to the line and everything really well. So 
And then Taumena went around last weekend in the um, Silver Shadow Stakes or something, maybe the run, the race that Autumn that Autumn Ballet won. And I think it was like a ten dollar, thirteen dollar horse in that. So that group form definitely stacks up here. If, I've, I think Inhibitions technically should have won that race, but didn't. So you, you can still be getting four dollars forty a win. Uh, it's only it's only ever run second up last prep of one. Um, so has been proven over second up and four dollars forty. I reckon that's a pretty good bet for Ben Mallum and James Cummings. And then moving on to race seven, which is the first leg of the quaddy. Bit of a tough race to start the quaddy rift. Braden Starr is back again at three dollars twenty for another favoritism. But I, I, I think I do like the horse, but I just don't know if the value is going to suit him. Like most of his, he's never run, he's never run up the valley before. Looks like he needs a lot of galloping room to be able to like build up momentum and get to it. I don't just don't think the value is going to suit him. Jimmy the Bears back again up to. 2,000 metres to start from the wind at 1,600 metres last start. We'll definitely have to go on the quaddy, but $6 looks a bit short, but it's probably going to win, but I can't tip it. But the one that I am betting on the race is number one, Young Verta at $10 a win and $2.70 a place. I finally backed it. I think I actually the one time that I did back it was its last start at Flemington where it won, beat Milford on that day over 2,000 metres. And, geez, it had been desert- I hadn't won a race in that long. I think it's been over. It's been like nearly two years or something since its last run, since its last win, and yeah, it turned up that day. It had without a fight form from the Queensland Carnival and looked to be set for that race pretty perfectly. And I, I think the Valley will suit it. Billy Egan will know what he's doing on it. Danny O'Brien, and I think ten dollars a win, two dollars seventy in a nine horse race is actually a pretty good bet for Young Verda. So definitely. Young Verter is a tip, but if you're having a quaddy, you have to put Jimmy the Bear in there because he will just keep knocking you out of quaddies left, right, and center. Moving on to race. So race eight is the Paramount Liquor Carline Stakes, which is the feature race of the day over 1,000 meters. I don't actually have a bet in this race because it's a, it's a really tough race to get a, to get a grip on. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. Snapper from gate one probably will lead. $19 about that, but I don't know if they're going to go that quickly. He's just going to drop out. Sweet Ride beat Omni Man last start in that race, but Omni Man just Omni Man should have won, but just couldn't get out in time and never never was never really was in the race for the last fifty meters or so. Agrimantula is also coming out of that race too, who's come across from Western Australia. So there's a lot of horses in this race who were who were prominent in a race two weeks ago, and that was a pretty weirdly run race. So I just don't know what's going to. I don't know who's going to lead, how quick they're going to go or anything, and. Yeah, I just really don't know about this race. So there'd only be a couple you need to take on the quaddy, but from a betting perspective that I that I could tip, I definitely couldn't tip anything with any confidence in the feature. This is best bet of the daytime in race nine, number seven, St. Lawrence. $2.35 at the moment, and that is a very generous price. Uh, its last couple of wins has been carrying, it carried 57 kilos in a benchmark 84. And then it carried 61 kilos in a benchmark 78 and won those with ease. And now it's coming, it's up in grade, obviously, but its winds have rated it through the roof and it's dropping back down to 54.5 kilos. But with Carlin Heffel's claim, only has to carry 53 kilos, which is getting in, in on the minimum in the race. Carlin Heffel, Maranus is this horse is absolutely flying and is better, probably up to this grade. Um, probably will be a bit better on the day. Um, but yeah, geez, 235 for this up and coming horse at 50 at 53 kilos is an absolute bet on the half. And that's absolutely best bet of the day for me in race nine. So don't know about quality wise if you want to take a one out. There are a couple of odds if you're not too inclined to take a one out. 
Um, but if you are looking to take one horse, one out in one of the legs of the quaddy, St. Lawrence is definitely that horse. And closing off the day is the Dr. Sheehan benchmark 84 over 1,200 meters. And there is Omen better the day here, number five, Red Hot Nick, who generally loves the valley. Three win th- from three attempts, two wins in a second. It actually generally loves the valley. Hasn't won first up. It's had three placings first up. Hasn't drawn the best from gate 11 over 1,200 meters. So there are a couple other good sprinters in this. Uh, Najim Suhail is a $4 favorite. Maximilius has had a good win two weeks ago at the Valley, um, and you're getting six bucks for him. Dancer Dubois won a good race down the down the straight of Flemington, and C on A C on A is all, it's also a dual acceptor for the for a feature race in Waterloo on the same day. So, not too sure which way C on A is going to go. We'll probably go to the feature race, I'd imagine. But seven fifty a win, two sixty a face for Red Hot Nick for a horse that generally loves the Valley, and you do need a horse. Like when you're racing the valley, if the horse has been ticked off at the valley before and it knows the track, they're definitely the ones you need to lean towards. And 750 a win, 260 a place, undefeated over the 1200 meters of the valley. And the jockey, the jockey and horse combo is at eight attempts, four wins, two seconds, and a third. So they've really, really missed the placing on one of those goes. And you're still getting 260 a place. So number five, Red Hot Nick is definitely still a bet for me. Uh, that'll do it for our weekly wrap for our weekly segment of the races. Um, hope everyone has a good weekend on the punt. Hope we steer you into a few winners again. We'll try and keep this train rolling. Uh, thanks, Jack, once again for hosting me and letting me do this shit podcast. Mate, you were flying last week. Give yourself some credit. Yeah. And it was starting to blow up. So if we go big again this week, who knows what's going to happen. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Thank you. Oh, 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 o